0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com recommend today.
1: Yes, indeed. If you have issues with your car, your truck, your van, you need to bring it in for service to your favorite to shop, your favorite dealer and there's something wrong with it. You want to know what the heck it is. Well, why don't you give Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive a call or a text this morning. Nick's filling in for uh, Dan Burns. Good morning, Nick.
2: Good morning, Denny.
1: Long time no talk. Hope you're doing well, and I'm sure you guys are busy there at Lloyd's.
2: Yeah, I think the word's out that winter's on its way, and people are taking it serious.
1: Well, that's good, you know, to be proactive. We talk about that, and uh, what, uh, what, what, as far as just generally speaking, uh, if folks are saying, now, what do you think I should do to this vehicle before winter? What what are some good ideas, let's say, besides an oil change?
2: Well, as we know, cars have changed more and more over the years. They're more uh, self-adjusting, self-tuning, essentially. And that still doesn't take away from the battery, doesn't take away from the tires, the antifreeze. So some of those fluids and some of those me- uh, mechanical pieces that are affected differently in the winter months versus the summer months, just need a little closer look because the last thing anyone wants is to go out in the morning and not have a car start because the battery's weak, or to have those tires so worn after our first snowstorm that you're stuck somewhere. You know, so it's easily preventable things that are needed. So it's not anything you're doing that you shouldn't be doing, um, and it saves you a little bit of heartache.
1: Yeah. Vish is joining us. Good morning, and uh, Nick uh, Stoffel at Lloyd's Automotive is an ASC certified technician there, among other things, and the whole crew of these master technicians helping you out. And if you have an issue with your vehicle, uh, and I know Nick's time is limited here, so uh, Nick takes his leave about seven forty-five. So any kind of a car care question, call it in or text it in. It's the same number 651-461-461. 9226. Again, six five one Let's hear from you. Either text or call for, for Nick. Here's one that just came in a bit ago, Nick. Uh, 2020 Excursion. The uh, lift gate close button does not work. The gate closes with the fob and remote button up front. The question is, do I have to take the vehicle in for repair or is there something I can do?
2: Well, I, it sounds like the the button uh, has gone faulty, or maybe the wiring in that lift gate. You know, I mean, it's a fairly new vehicle, so it should be under warranty. If it's 2020, um, so I, I probably would refer you to the dealer. You know, you don't want to be monkeying with something because the first thing they look for is if there's been anybody you know altering or doing some work to it. So you don't want to end up owning that responsibility. So I think for the first go around, have the have your dealership where you purchased the vehicle take a look at it. I'm sure there's a switch would be my first assumption here that just needs to be replaced and that uh, should be under warranty, no cost to you.
1: Yeah, well, let's hope so. Uh, what can happen if I run out of gas? Is there any damage I can cause to my vehicle?
2: Um, immediately, no. However, um, and this has always been kind of an uh, industry uh, standard, I guess. You always want to keep the fuel tank at least a quarter at, at a quarter. The reason is, is that that gasoline lubricates and cools that electric pump in the tank. Running it too low often will stress it, overheat it, cause undue wear, which could create a failure at some point. So it doesn't cost any more to keep the tank at a quarter as it is on empty. So don't go that far. Consider that your quarter tank is your empty line and, that, you know, it's, it's like a motorcycle where you switch it to reserve. That's what the rest of it's for in case you're in a pinch. But for the most part, try to keep uh, at least a quarter tanker better in your, in your vehicle.
1: Okay. Again, our phone number and text number is the same, 651 uh, 461 Speaking of phones, I think Marcia is first up here on the phone calling from St. Paul. Marcia, you are on with Nick.
3: Good morning. I have a ghost in my car, sort of, and I'm wondering what's with that. <laughs> I have a 2014 Ford Focus. It has electronics options, like you can attach your phone to it and all the, the thing that finds you and all that. I don't have any of that. I, you know, it's just I get in there, I turn, I push the button, I drive. However, if I'm sitting in the car, like I get to work early and I turn everything off and I'm resting before I go in, or I'm sitting in the car with a friend and talking, After a little while, the car turns itself on. Not the motor, but it ding-dings, and it unlocks, and the panels all light up. And the only way to turn it off again is for me to open and close the driver door and then push the lock button, and then it quiets down again.
2: Hmm, That is strange. Obviously, the vehicle, uh, when you shut it down, um, it naturally goes to sleep. like like it's supposed to, but for some reason, it's seeing that key or that fob, and it's waking back up. Um, I'd I'd be curious, you know, just for get a notepad and a little couple tests, maybe the next time you get to your destination, you're going to have that same routine, we're going to wait there a few moments, or open and close the door once. Because if it thinks you left, maybe the next time you get to your destination, you're going to have that same routine, we're going to wait there a few moments, or open and close the door once. Because if it thinks you left the vehicle, it might just stay asleep. Or if it thinks you're still in the vehicle, it might think, "Oh, hold on, they're still here. I'm supposed to be awake," and it kind of powers things back up. So the car is obviously confused. It's not seeing the key then, it, or the fob, and it's seeing the fob, and it's just kind of going through a cycle there. But maybe there's a way for you to make one adjustment in your routine that'll prevent it from doing that.
1: Kind of a Halloween question. <laughs> yeah, let say it like
2: that, that time of the year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this tag, by the way, if you have uh, keep in mind, again, I said it earlier, but that Nick uh, takes his leave about 7:45, so he 'll be here uh, uh, just about another 30 minutes. so don't wait if you have any kind of a car care question. don't be shy, as we like to say. six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six. Tell you what let's do. I was just going to read another text, but I think Dennis is saying we should take a break. So we'll take a quick break and uh, be right back with our car care show. Next off, we'll end for Dan Burns at 651 Uh In the Twin Cities, now 36 degrees. We're going to 55 today. Going to be a beautiful day here in the Twin Cities. Stay with us. A News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Right, good morning. Welcome back to CCO Radio's Car Care Show. Danny Long here along with the ASC Certified Technician, Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Where exactly are you guys located, Nick?
2: Well, we're on the corner of uh, Grand and Chatsworth, which is at 982 Grand Avenue. It's uh, two blocks east of uh, Lexington Parkway.
1: And you're on the web, and you have a you know website, and you can call. What's what's all that in
2: for? Yeah, if you're, if you're if you're in front, I'm sorry, if you're in front of your device, there are, we're at lloydsautomotive.net, and that's l l o y d s automotive.net, and if you're having any troubles and you need a little advice or some, or anything really, 651-228-1316.
1: Excellent. We'll get that number to you before Nick uh, takes his leave, which is going to be about 745. So if you have any kind of a car issue, truck, van, whatever, and you want to ask uh, Nick uh, that question, either by phone or by text, either one, same number, 651 uh, 461 Another text came in. It says, what is a flex pipe my daughter had one replaced, she said it was connected to the engine. I don't know. A flex, there's a lot of flex pipes out there, aren't there?
2: Well, the purpose of the flex pipe—it's a piece of braided metal, uh, and it's and it's multi layered to keep the exhaust from leaking. So it's part of the exhaust system oh. as it comes as the car runs. The exhaust leaves the engine through a manifold, and at some point, whether it's before or after the converter, there'll be a little flex pipe. That allows the engine, which is you know running and vibrating and moving and shaking, to have a little bit of movement in it. We cannot have a complete rigid piece going from the front of the vehicle to the back of the vehicle. We need to have a little bit of little flexibility there. So they put this little braided section of pipe in there to allow for that. So every car has one. Um, as cars age, deteriorate, this the uh, acid in the exhaust and the corrosion from the salt in the winters will start to work its way through that braiding and start to uh, can create a leak. Now, obviously, as we get into the winter season, we have the heater on, windows closed, we don't want any exhaust leaks, especially in the front of the vehicle near our feet, because that will work its way into the car. So if you're noticing that your car sounds a little throatier, a little, little sputtering sound coming from near the front of the, uh, of the vehicle, next time you're in for service, have your... Uh, make a note of it, share that with your, your mechanic or your, your repair shop, and uh, have them take a close peek because you might need to have that same repair done.
1: Is that a major job?
2: Uh, it kind of varies, and the reason is sometimes you replace the pipe. The pipe, you know, there will be a, a section of pipe that's just uh, got a little, a little bend in it and a flange at one end. If it does not include the converter, it's reasonable. And, and if it does include the converter, the alternative is to remove it you take and cut out that section and weld in a new piece of flex pipe.
1: So okay. They're
2: there there a few hundred dollars for sure, um, but it's something you probably don't want to ignore.
1: All right. Uh, again, here's our number if you want to chat with, uh, with uh, Nick uh, or send him a text if that's easier. A lot of folks find that to be easier. 651 Jerry, I think this morning, is calling in from Delano, Minnesota. Jerry, good morning. You're on with Nick Stoffel.
2: Yes, good morning, Nick, and uh, thanks for taking my call. I've got a C70 Volvo 2011, and uh, I can come to a stop just fine, but as I sit there, uh, the brake pedal becomes soft, and uh, if I let up and pump it down again, it works fine, but uh, it softens up again. Uh, What can be the problem? So, uh, it, I'm assuming that the brake light is not on. If the brake light were on in a situation, take it to your shop very soon because likely there's a leak. Now, if this been going on for a period of time and there was a leak, the light would be on because the fluid would be low. More likely, however, I think there's probably an issue either with the, the diaphragm and the, the booster, the booster is the component that gives us the assist so our brakes aren't rock hard. You know, if you ever hop in a car in the morning and sitting all night, if you try to depress that brake pedal, it's very difficult to push down. So the, the car will use vacuum, and it'll add that vacuum to that booster, which helps us out, makes that pedal a little more manageable. Well, if the pedal's fading after you've been sitting for a bit, there could be a leak with that process or internal of the master cylinder the master cylinder is the part that actually you depress when you hit your foot on the brake pedal there's a little rod going into the engine compartment and there's a little reservoir there that's pushing the brake fluid to your brakes that master cylinder could have a bad seal that after sitting for a bit it allowed that fluid to kind of leak through a little bit which caused that pedal to fade that scenario is also um, uh, crucial or critical because if that scenario gets worse you could have a, a situation where that pedal's always soft, and obviously, when we were talking about brakes, we don't want that. No. So my advice, my advice to you would be to take it to your mechanic, explain, maybe have them take it for a test drive with you, show them what it's doing. I would think in fairly quick order, they could do a couple things to try to pinpoint that and make a recommendation for repair.
1: Very good. If you're just joining us, Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive answering your car care questions uh, this morning via phone or text. Uh, phone call. Yes, Jerry is calling in from Manamira this morning. Jerry, thank you. What? Uh, what is your question for Nick?
3: Good morning, guys. Uh, Good morning. Nick,
1: I have an old classic truck that I put in storage, um, and I'm wondering about. It's in a heated storage space. Um, I t- somewhat topped off the gas,
3: put in stable, and my concern is: Do I should I have that gas completely topped off? you know, for any air and condensation. What I'm worried about is maybe a little bit of, you know, expansion and overflowing. So I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. I I think if it's mostly
2: full and you put the stable in there, you should be fine. You know, if it's in a moderate temperature, not huge temperature swings, uh, I I believe the vehicle will be fine. You know, if if you're putting the car away, which a lot of people are, are doing or have done, and, you know, you top the fuel off decently, put a little stable in the fuel to kind of, keep it from gumming up on you, uh, run it, you know, get that stable through the whole system, especially if it's a carbureted vehicle. Uh, and then some people even consider putting a little battery tender on there. So come springtime, uh, when you want to get, you know, that first wonderful day in March or April, uh, you want to take it for a spin, she'll start up for you.
1: Would it be okay, Nick, to uh, kind of put a little more air in the tires too?
2: Yeah, you can. I mean, all these, you know, it's, it's funny because as the world has changed, we don't do as much of this anymore. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to change the oil before you put it away, but you probably want to do it in the spring. Uh, make sure your tires are topped off, maybe a little bit more. You know, you don't over-inflate them, create any damage. Sure. Uh, a battery tender is a good idea. Um, the stable in the fuel, especially if it's a carbureted classic vehicle, you want to use non-ethanol fuel, put some stable, make sure you run it through, you know, give a good, a good heat, heat cycle there to get all that, all those areas protected. Uh, but at that point, it should be should be fine.
1: All right, great. You know what we'll do? Let's take a break and have a look at that forecast to see what this week's weather promises to be. And we'll have more car care uh, show coming up. Uh, Nick will be taking his leave about seven forty-five. So call us or text us at 651-461-9226. here on News Talk eight-three-zero WCCO. Stay with us. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Nick Stoffel, ASC Certified Technician at Lloyd's Automotive on Grand Avenue in St. Paul, helping you out, getting some car care questions answered this morning for a few more minutes, Nick. Uh, Tell you what, let's grab a phone call before we get more texts answered. Tim is calling in from Granite Falls this morning. Tim, good morning. You're on
2: with Nick. Good morning, guys. Uh, The question I have, i got a 2007 F-150, and lately, I thought it was just at a, the gas station I normally go to. It will barely take it when you put the clicker on to let it run. Um, it automatically kicks off like it's full. And um, and it does it at every gas station now that I go to. So it takes forever to gas it up. And was wondering if there's something internally that might be off alignment or what would be causing that. So from time to time, you know, people will complain about it It takes forever to put fuel in my my, my vehicle. And um, keep in mind, when you add the fuel to the tank, you're adding a liquid there, so all that air that's in the tank needs to be displaced somewhere. So as that fuel's going in, the air needs to get out. Well, we have evaporative systems to collect those vapors because that fuel vapor is an emission, and we don't want that running out into the atmosphere. So there's a canister... There's some hoses, uh, there's uh, some different solenoids, a filter. Something in that system is restricted because if you cannot let the fuel in, the air has no place to go. It's going to keep clicking up because it thinks that it's full. So, unfortunately, you'll probably have to take it to to your mechanic and have them visually inspect all those hoses, check those. There's some different solenoids that open and close it for a variety of reasons at different times, uh, and make sure something's not plugged up. Um, but I, I would assume that there is some sort of restriction in that system, not allowing the air to be collected or the fuel vapors to be collected so it can be replaced with the actual liquid fuel.
1: Hopefully yeah, we, do, we do get that question from time to time, don't we, Nick? Uh,
2: oh, absolutely. Show. And yeah. it's frustrating. I, I've been there, you know, like click, click, click. It's like it'll take yeah. me an hour to put, you know, my truck holds 30 <laughs> gallons of fuel. I'll be there all night. So yeah. uh, it, it can be frustrating for sure, but likely there's a, a little valve or a solenoid that's just kind of – Gummed up or stuck, you know, or I honestly, there's a little filter on some vehicles, and we've seen where cobwebs have gotten in there, and this have hmm. created enough of a mess where that air, that airflow isn't sufficient, so it sees a little bit of back pressure, and that's what kicks off that uh, gas pump.
1: Interesting. Another truck. What we oh yes, every day, right? Uh, 2018 F-150 that has that feature that turns off the engine when I stop. Texter says sometimes it fails to fire and start. When I release the brake, which then uh, I have to put in park and restart, that and just the wear and tear on the starter. Just wondering your thoughts on this and if just disabling is better for the vehicle.
2: Well, uh, it's the theme today. We're talking about emissions. Uh, Most emissions are emitted from a vehicle at idle, which means, you know, when the car car is running up at the right RPM and up to speed, it runs fairly clean. But we've learned over testing in time, when we're sitting at a stoplight, that's when most of the bad stuff is coming out of the exhaust. So with technology, we've learned we can do kind of like the golf cart. You know, you pull the stop, the car shuts off, you let your foot up, it should refire up. Personally, I do agree that's a lot of wear and tear on the starter. You know, a um, a high-compression motor, if it's a, a vehicle with a turbo, there's a lot more stress and a lot more pressure there. So it does create more wear and tear on the starter, but... Over the life of the vehicle, if you end up replacing that starter one time and it saves on a whole bunch of emissions in the atmosphere, maybe it's a fair trade-off. I, I don't know how to measure that, but it doesn't seem completely unreasonable.
1: Okay. Good morning to you both. This Tech says, my 2005 Honda Civic sometimes whistles and screeches when I first fire it up. Do you have any thoughts about that?
2: I think it's just stretching out. No, actually, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, more and more vehicles, actually all vehicles now, for the most part, have an automatic tensioned belt, meaning that there's a spring in there holding the belt tight. If the vehicles maybe a few years older or even some current models, they'll have a manually adjusted belt. The reason why that's different is as the belt will age, it might stretch a little bit, it might wear a little bit, and if there's not that spring tension keeping constant pressure on it, it can slip a little bit. So if the belt's slipping, you're going to hear the screeching and the, you know all those different noises that you hear. And then once things kind of warm up and clean up, they grab and they quiet up. So it might be a matter of just taking it in for service and saying my belts are making a little squealing noise at startup. It can be adjusted. Or maybe there's something coming apart on the belt making the noise, which is another good reason to get a look at it.
1: There's another sound question here. A uh, 2018 trick. Sometimes, Tech says... When it is parked and off and has been for a while, I hear a bit of a hum seems to come from underneath somewhere. I turn it on and off again, and it stops. What do you think causes the hum?
2: Uh, we're on the same theme, emissions. So a car will run a self-test to make sure things are sealed up. Fuel vapors are collected in a canister. Many vehicles have a leak detection pump when the car has had the right parameters set, a certain amount of fuel, certain temperature, drive cycle, a lot of different boxes that need to be checked. But when it does that and it comes to a stop and it's been sitting for a period of time where everything kind of settled down, the car will put a slight vacuum um, on a, that system and it'll look for a leak. So if the fuel caps are tight, the solenoids are closing and sealing, the canister is holding strong, that car will pass a test. You'll never know the difference. If something fails, when they start the vehicle up, the check engine light will be on because there's an emissions leak of some sort that it identified, and it's going to warn you with that light. Hmm. So it's not wearing the car down. It's not, you know, your battery will be just fine. It might do it once periodically based on drive cycle and parameters that need to be met. So you're not hurting the car. Uh, if anything, the car is just making sure that we're uh, doing our best to keep things working properly.
1: Okay, Nick, almost out of time. Let's see if we can't grab one or two more texts before we leave. Here's one, a, Jeep, a Grand Cherokee making the garage smell like gasoline. Sometimes it's inside the car. It's been going on for a while. It's a 2008 Jeep Grand Cherokee, Hemi five point seven, hundred and forty five thousand 145,000 miles. I don't see anything on the ground. No lights are on either. What do you think?
2: Um, you know, I, I would have somebody look at it because, obviously, if you smell fuel, there's fuel leaking. Even fuel vapor, so obviously uh, the gas the gas cap's on tight, okay, that's easy to check. But that fuel filler neck, that tube, there's a hose at the base of it. Those vent hoses that are lines that we were talking about previously, those can maybe have a little bit of a leak in them, which will cause that fuel smell to emit. Um, I don't think it's dangerous necessarily, but any time you have a fuel leak, you need to be concerned. So that should definitely be have, have a closer look at it.
1: All right, one more quick one, then we got to go. Love the show. It says, when should we put on our snow tires?
2: <laughs> That's a very good question. If you have that answer, you know, the day before it snows.
1: Yeah, um, because this well, week there's no, honestly, no precipitation.
2: T- temperature. As the temperature is cool, the snow tires will work fine on the road. It's just when it's hot out, they wear a little quicker. But we're getting close enough. I would think the next week or two, you know, mid-November is a fair enough time. Watch the forecast. If it looks like it's going to snow, go right away because if you try to show up the day that it snows, everyone's going to be busy.
1: Yeah, long line. A
2: a little, be careful on that. So within these next couple of weeks would be reasonable to me.
1: And if somebody wants to get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's, how do we do that?
2: Uh, You can go to our website at lloydsautomotive.net. You can call us at 651-228-1316. And if you're on Grand Avenue in St. Paul, we're on the corner of Grand and Chatsworth.
1: Excellent. We'll see you one of these days, Nick. Thanks so much for your help, and we'll see you down the road. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. Nick Stoffel, ASC Certified Technician at Lloyd's Automotive. Jack Farrell is next with his wine chat here on News Talk 830 WCCO, where it's 36 degrees in the Twin City.